Notice here the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Hello and welcome to the Joshua Ball podcast. Today we are continuing our talk on the subject of work. Leap Over Wall by Eugene Peterson again was a great book and there were so many inserts and things he said in the book or in this chapter specifically that I wanted to expound on more and he goes on to speak about a godlike complex that we can get because of the work that we do and there is most definitely a sense of dignity or honor and respect we receive when we're doing good work or when we're doing a good job. We receive satisfaction from that. And Brother Peterson also points this out in another insert from this chapter. And he says, because work originates in God's work and action and so readily and obviously expresses God, it also constitutes our chief area of temptation. When we're working well, doing good work, we're truly godlike. It isn't much of a step to thinking ourselves gods, but if we are gods, we don't need God, or at least don't need him very much. When we acquire new talents, skills, and abilities, there is a, a level of confidence that comes along with achieving new things and more often than not if we don't keep that level of confidence in check it can so easily become arrogance and google says that the definition or one of the definitions of confidence is a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities or qualities to put it simply We have to be very careful with our outlook on work and our perspective on the type of work that we do. We have to be very careful with not getting caught up in the company we work for, the the crowd we run with at work, the capacity of confidence that we have in what we do and the work that we do. Because more often than not, it's in the work that we do that we're most tempted. It's in the work where we can find ourselves having a God-like complex, where we think ourselves as gods. Because it's in that arena, in that position that we were creating and we're solving issues and we're doing and exercising a part of us that God has given us where we are like him and where the disconnect comes is we forget without God, this is not possible. So in spite of how intelligent we are, if God doesn't give us the capacity to learn that intelligence is now void in spite of the gifts God has given us, if he doesn't give the gift, we don't have it. And the the thing about a gift is 
a gift is not something you make or you create for yourself. A gift is something that's giving given to you. So any gift, any talent, any ability, it has all been given. It is not for me. It is not for us to say, hey, I have this because of me. When in reality, everything that we have, everything that we are, it is all because of God. It is all because of Jesus Christ. And if we if we forget that fact in any aspect of our life, whether it be work, especially work, but whether it be with our family, whether it be with whether it be with the blessings he's given us, if we forget that all of this is because of Jesus and that he's at the center of it all. It'll be so easy to allow a godlike complex to consume us. And from there, we get a false idea that we are gods. We are godlike simply because we're working and we're doing good work. Now that we have. We've addressed and brought awareness to the narrative of arrogance and how it relates to work and how it can corrupt every aspect of our life. And in our transition here, I just got to thinking that, you know, this this thought of arrogance is really a, a false arrogance because there's only one who can truly be arrogant. And that's Jesus, because all of it comes from him, all of it's from him and all of it's to him. So anything that we accomplish, it all is because of him. So there is no aspect, no category, no area in our life where we have the the liberty to be arrogant. So every inkling of arrogance in our life can and always will be false arrogance. Because it's all about Jesus and it's all from him. But from reading this insert again from Peterson's book, there's this one part made me remember a situation or more so a conversation I had with a friend about needing God. And the line says, but if we are gods, we don't need God or at least don't need him very much. So. Uh, this conversation, this has been, I don't know, this, this has been several, several years ago. And my buddy and I, we were just having a casual conversation. Um, and I, I, I don't exactly remember how the conversation started, but I really just want to get to the part that has really stuck with me ever since the statement was made. But um, somehow we got on a topic of, talking about Jesus, of course, and living for God and, you know, what the Bible says and this, that, and the other. And so we're along the lines, we started talking about scenarios and, um, my friend made the statement that, you know, I don't really need anything. And what he was saying was my health is good. I got plenty, plenty of money in the bank. My wife makes good money. I make good money. My, my children, they're good. I mean, everyone's healthy. There's nothing that I need. And when I read that, that insert from the book, when it says that we don't need God or need him very much, 
it made me remember my friend saying this about how there wasn't a need for him to need God. And so often it's easy to get caught up in what we do on a daily basis. It's so easy to get caught up in the confidence of this world, to get caught up in the confidence of I have a job, to get caught up in the confidence of my health is good. Everything in my life is good. Everything is is not perfect, maybe, um, but it's not. I'm at a place where I'm content. I'm at a place where everything is just going in a good direction and there's nothing else that I need. There's nothing else that I really, really am striving for because everything's good. But this again goes back to the notion of false arrogance because we all need Jesus. We all need him in every aspect of our life. I mean, yeah, it's easy to get caught up in the good things that he's blessed us with. And it's also so easy to take those things for granted. And so we can never get to a place where we think and say and completely believe that we don't need God. And when I say that, I'm talking about a person who maybe didn't grow up in church, maybe didn't grow up reading the Bible, who wasn't taught to have a prayer life, who doesn't who wasn't taught the importance of the word of God. And the only thing that maybe this person was taught is, you know, go to work, do the right things, um, get a good job support your family and everything will work out. And a lot of people live that way. A lot of people just say, Hey, everything I need, I've gotten on my own. And because there was no relationship established with Jesus, because maybe they were not taught from childhood that, you know, there's something else out there There's a higher power. His name is Jesus, and he is the one who orchestrated all of this. He's the one who makes sure that everything happens as as it is intended to, and we're not in this doing this alone. He has allowed us to be able to take care of our families. He has allowed us to uh, have great health. He has allowed us to be able to, to supply our needs through the means of work. And it is not of our own strength. It is not of our own intelligence. Because again, those things come from him. But if someone hasn't been taught those lessons, if someone hasn't been taught that fact and that truth, then the false arrogance comes in and says, well, I don't need God. Look at everything I've done on my own. Look at everything that I've built, that I've put my hands to the plow to and now it has produced something and now I'm in a place where I'm good my family's good I don't need anything I don't need God and do you know what attracts God we talked about you know the channel Thanksgiving 
how it attracts Jesus. But you know something else that attracts Jesus? Our need for him. When we stop and say, Jesus, I need you. There's something about there's something about that the realization and that sincere that sincere statement to him to say, Lord, I need you. It attracts him immediately. Not only are we calling on his name, but we're saying, Lord Jesus, I'm call, I'm invoking your name. I'm, in, I'm invoking the name of Jesus and I'm following up with Lord, I need you. And there's something about when we make that statement, how the spirit of God just just invades the atmosphere and he, he invades the room and he comes in and says, oh, someone, my child needs me. And he just shows up. And it's because we realize if we're humble enough, we take a step back. And we become aware to the fact that I'm not doing this on my own. If it were not for Jesus, I could do nothing. And we're humble enough to say, I realize that now. And Lord, I'm humble enough and I'm sincere enough. And I realize that above all, I need you. It's just, it's a power. It's something that's so powerful about that. But if I am Satan and and I want to disrupt what I know that God loves and what attracts God, then I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, get people to a place mentally where they say, okay, I have this intelligence. I have this skill and this ability and I'm going to use it. And now everything that I have I have gotten it on my own, and so I don't need anything else but me, but my family, and totally ignore the fact that God established it all, that God allows it all. If I was a devil, I would want to set up a system like that, and it's something that's so very prevalent today, where, especially in America, because we are a blessed country we are a blessed nation and there are a lot of things that we don't have to worry about in this country. Starvation is very, very low probability that you're going to starve in America. I mean, you got to really be working hard not to eat something, you know, but I mean, if I were the devil and I wanted to manipulate and pervert the blessings and the word of God, which is all that he can do. He he has no power to create. He can only take what is already there and pervert it. So if I were him and I wanted to pervert, like I said, the blessings in the word of God. And I also know that God wants his children to need him. What I would do is begin to sow seeds of discord in the minds of his children. I would begin to sow seeds of false arrogance from an aspect of if I begin to tell someone hey you did a great job you did it all on your own look at your skill look at how talented you are look at everything that you've done you did it all on your own you did such a great job and I just begin to plant these seeds as much as possible and I 
start to influence a culture and I start to influence a generation and I start to influence the next generation and I keep just spreading these seeds until they begin to sprout and now the lie that I've sown for so long is beginning to be believed and now I have influenced God's people to think they don't need him. I would say things like, hey, you got some great health, man. You've really been taking care of yourself. You've been doing this on your own. Hey, you have access to some pretty good health care. Keep up the good work you've been doing on your own. Hey, your family's good. Look at all the hard work you've put into this. Your talents and your abilities. You've done all this on your own. And now you don't have a need in your life. You don't have anything that you that you just really, really are striving for or need. Your family's good. You're good. And so if I place this idea in people's heads that removes the need for a need, when I know that a need is what tracks God, I'm going to try my best to do that. And the result of that is we have a nation full of people who have accomplished a lot, have achieved a lot, have done a lot from a standpoint where it seems like they've done it on their own. And now we're we're looking at life from a perspective of I have everything I need and I don't need Jesus. I don't need anything else. Everything I have, I have achieved it on my own. So I want to say to someone right now, it is very dangerous not to know the word of God. It is very dangerous not to know the the judgment, the commandments and the statutes, the lines and the precepts. Because everything in there is for our good. Everything is for our betterment. And I want to tell someone that Satan knows the Bible. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't know how to pervert it. And the word says that we can't be ignorant to the devil's devices. And the word devices in the Greek means, it means his plans, his intentions, his evil thoughts towards us. But rest assured, there is one mightier than Satan. His name is Jesus. And he also has thoughts towards us. Thoughts of good and not of evil. Plans to see us prosper. He has an expected end for us. And one of the greatest ways we can attract him into our lives is when we simply need him. It's amazing how small increment changes made over time can produce amazing outcomes and amazing results. So often when we see that a change needs to be made and we start to set goals in order to make progress towards the change, more often than not, the goals we set become very unrealistic. But if we could learn to ask the question, what's the small thing that I can do? What is the small increment shift that I can make that will potentially have the biggest return? In what area can I pivot, so to speak, an area in my life to where that small pivot, that small degree of change in another direction has 
and produces the most the most beneficial results. We hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far and we have been working diligently on the sound issue that we've been having and we hope you guys have noticed the difference between episodes one two and three versus episode four and this episode and i'm bringing this up because what i simply did is make a pivot in the position of the microphone so i noticed that the microphone was pointed upwards a little bit more away from my mouth and I then adjusted it and now I sound more clear uh, I, I'm coming through a lot better the microphone is picking up my words and it doesn't sound like I'm far away from the microphone and I didn't do anything dramatic but that small pivot of the microphone just inching it down just a few degrees has made all the difference And that is such a great example of what we can do in our lives to make small incremental changes that then produce fantastic results. It doesn't have to be something just outrageous and something that's unrealistic. The small things matter. And if we can get the small things right, if we can adjust our microphones just a little bit, then we can be we can be heard clearly and we can come through clearly and that microphone can can capture our words in such a way that it is loud and it's easy to understand and easy to be heard. What other areas in our life can we make simple pivots, simple degrees of change and from that degree of change, outstanding results are produced. Pivoting is definitely something we're going to discuss more in future episodes. I just kind of wanted to introduce it here from a very, very high level with an example of how to pivot and what a pivot can potentially produce. Simple changes most often bring the best results. But as we are wrapping up here today, I kind of want to end this episode how I started it with Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 14 Um, and it says that for God shall bring every work unto judgment with every secret thing and this is something I'm going to get into more next week but I want to tell someone it's very important the type of work that we do a very important decision is being made when we decide who it is that we go to work for who we're working for and the type of work we're doing for that employer God's going to judge it he's going to judge our work and he's going to judge every secret thing and I'm from the south so the analogy that I can best use to describe what I'm trying to say is you know we we pull trailers around here we you know we got our one tons we got our our uh three quarter tons and we you we got our horse trailers and you know we got our uh our gooseneck trailers and we uh, we pull those things around and you know we got to pull heavy equipment around we got to pull our cattle around and all that kind of stuff and imagine your employer is the truck and you are the trailer that's being latched to the truck now you have no control of where the truck goes but you are the trailer and so wherever the truck goes that's where you're going to go and the question we have to ask is, 
is this truck that I've hitched myself to going the direction that I want to go? Is it going in the direction that it that lines up with the Bible? Is it going in the, the direction that God has purposed for my life? And if it's not, you got to unhitch your trailer. You got to get off that truck. The truck is going to lead you somewhere that you don't want to be. And you'll never find fulfillment being hitched to that truck. So this Sunday, let's go to work for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's go into his church. Let's serve. Let's do everything that if we're already involved in something, let's go with a fervency and a determination to see God move in that area, to see a spirit of excellence move uh, in the area that we're serving in, the, the department we're serving in, because God, he wants to move. He He wants his he wants to pour out his spirit. His spirit is constantly being poured out, but we have to hitch our trailer to the truck of his spirit that's already being poured out. God wants us to be attached to him. He wants to lead us exactly where he wants us to go with the purpose and the assignment and the fulfillment all in one spot. And he knows what's best. So this Sunday, let's go and worship our God. He deserves it all. When our preachers are preaching with a, a power from the anointing of the, of the word and the anointing of the spirit that the Lord has given them, let's give them a response. Let's give a response to the spirit because when God sees that we're responding, breakthroughs happen. Revelation comes because he knows at that moment he can trust us to respond to what it is he is doing and wants to do. And that makes him want to do more when he sees that we're responding to what he does. So let's go with an expectancy of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We hope you all have a great weekend and we will see you next week.